0: Welcome, and um, one tidbit of safety. Safety, we don't talk about safety very often, but is that the normal protocol is that we don't have these doors open because we don't want potentially someone to be able to walk in and get upstairs. It's just safety for the kids. Um, But because the AC is out today, we've got that door open, and I just reopened it, but I'm going to sit right here where I can watch it. So just in case you think we're not keeping an eye on it, I'm keeping an eye on it, and I would know if somebody came in. So when you know that's going on. Eric Riddle has an announcement he wants to make, and then we're going to talk for about half an hour about baptism. So, Hit the button once and go green, and then you'll be good. Uh-huh. No, don't hold it. Just click it. Uh-oh.
1: Okay. Last week I mentioned Clean Up Columbus. Uh, that's coming up June 19th through the 21st. Uh, Champ and I were out uh, this week at the East Side neighborhood getting a few more houses. I think we're up to about 30. Uh, the one that we're committed to at the moment is at 1122 uh, Union, which is just about three blocks from here. Um, anyway. I've got a sign-up sheet. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, June 19th through the 21st. If you can only make one of those days, that's fine. Uh, This this came out of more of a a youth group-related activity, kind of a a missionary experience in Columbus type experience for kids. But this year, they've really opened it up because they need more manpower. They need more expertise. Um, So uh, it's at 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Uh, There is a $40 fee to be involved. Uh, There is breakfast and lunch served during that time. And if we get done with the home, there will be plenty of other homes to also work on. $40 fee per person for a group? Per per person for the entire three days. Um, Right. So I've got a sign-up sheet here. Yes, Angie? Well, it's a $40 fee to help with resources for the homes and for the breakfast and lunch that's served. Uh, There will be devotional times uh, with the families over lunch as well that are planned. Uh, There may may be a worship experience one or two of those mornings. Um, Right now there's about eight churches involved. So I'm excited. It's the third year this has gone on. It started out as a St. Peter's event for their youth group, but it's grown. This, this year, they're really trying to get out and have a lot of other neighboring churches involved. Um, right. So, it's 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If we can only pick up Saturday, you know, that works. So, I've got a sign-up sheet. I'll be sitting over here next to Jen. Uh, come up anytime, and we we'll, and we'll sign you up. A few of you already have committed to that time, so thank you. When? Um... I think probably on the Thursday. Um, well, let me ask Judy. We're, we're lucky because our neighbor, who lives about three houses down, is the main coordinator, and it's been very nice getting to hang out with her. I'm to if there's anything else to say right now, um, if there is, I'll talk about it later. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thank you.
0: sorry for all that not sorry for the announcement sorry for the microphone issues okay um, are we good are we getting more announcements or anything that's hanging out there that we haven't covered all right so welcome everybody I know we have at least one first-time visitor so welcome to you and anyone else oh we have a, we have an announcement Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing. So, okay. All right. Great. Anything else? No, you already talked once. Excellent. All right. You guys ready to talk about baptism? Let's do it. Um, So a few weeks ago, you guys remember I had a real lame Sunday that uh, I didn't really preach. I just had you guys kind of uh, talk about water and the importance of water in the world and the importance of water in the Bible. Um, believe it or not, that was really quite useful. Um, I took a, a picture of some of the outcomes of that discussion, and I used that to help present or prepare for today. So that's that's great. I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about my ha- my background with baptism. Baptism is a really interesting topic, um, and uh, we're going to get into that in just a second. But it's funny how in life we'll take uh, sometimes take like a single verse and we'll just hang on it. We'll just hang on that verse. Um, and that verse for me... Um, was in Acts. It's Acts chapter 8. And so here's the story. Um, it's a guy named Philip. Uh, as I understand it, this is not one of the disciples, Philip. It was another disciple after Jesus um, uh, ascended. Um, but anyways, it says, as they traveled along on the road, they came to some water. Um, him and this eunuch are traveling. And the eunuch says, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Okay, now you may think, how could that have a big impact on me? The, the urgency of it is what had a big impact on me growing up. And I kind of had this mindset um, that, uh, that the baptism was the only step in the process that was really important. In other words, I was separated from God without baptism, and I was united with God with baptism. And anything other than that um, was not as important as this was. Um, And so I remember when I was 11 years old laying in bed uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday night, and the other thing that was very dominant in my mind at that time was that if I was not baptized and I was not part of God's family, that if something happened, I would go to hell. That was that was the dominant theme in my life. And, and I remember for about three nights not being able to sleep all night long um, and and looking back on that and looking at this story and thinking, I should have just called someone and said, hey, you know let's go do this. And I still to this day say I should have done that. Um, but that was kind of my background and my kind of basic theology of baptism. And so someone would uh, say to me, ask something about baptism, I wouldn't even have a good reason for why I thought they should do it. I just thought they should do it now. No messing around. Get it done. Get on with it. And that was just the basic theology that I came out of. Um, Any of you guys ever feel that way or kind of know anybody in that, kind of along that line? Anybody? Not really? Maybe a little bit? Yeah. It it pops up from time to time. So we're going to talk about baptism today. Um, A few weeks ago, we talked about water, how interesting water is. So it's not that surprising that that God has these special things that we do as Christians that would involve water. It's critical for life. It's quite unique. Um, uh, it's everywhere. So uh, certainly some areas it's more plentiful than others, but uh, it's pretty much everywhere. Um, and in the Bible, you just see it over and over. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's part of us. I mean, water is such an integral part of our life. Um this is some of the stuff you guys came up with. So you guys talked about uses of Bible, of, of water and the Bible. Uh, so we've got Peter um, and the fishing story where Jesus came in and uh, blessed him with all these fish. We've got the flood. We've got um, the very first plague was turning water to blood in Exodus. We've got watered wine by Jesus. Um, we got the really crazy one with the floating axe head. Um We've got the seven dippings in the Jordan where uh, this dude was unclean and was told to go dip himself seven times. He's real skeptical about it. He finally went and did it, and he was uh, cleaned up of his um, uh, skin disease. Um, In the first ten verses of Genesis 1, there's seven different mentions of water in the NIV translation. You've got Jesus walking on water. We've got this crazy fleece story where you're laying out this piece of fleece and waiting for dew to fall on it or not fall on it. Jesus washing feet. Jesus calming the storm, the Red Sea escape in Exodus. It's the parting of the Red Sea. We've got John the Baptist and his mission of uh, baptizing people. And then we've got this reference, uh, interesting reference we won't get in today, about the living water uh, in reference to um, what we should be after we become Christians. So lots of water in the Bible. Um, I want to give you some sort of definitions of baptism that you can think about because this is one of these words it's not quite as bad as love not that love is bad but but love when you say love it it can mean anything almost there's so many definitions to it well baptism is kind of interesting in this way so this is the wikipedia definition I, i love wikipedia um some people don't um but Wikipedia will give you a good sense for what something is trending at today because it can change every day. This could be different today. It's probably not, but it could be. So yesterday on June 7th, baptism's definition was it is a Christian right of admission and adoption into the Christian church generally and also a particular church. So the very first thing in Wikipedia is that the most important part of baptism is it is a way to be a part of the club, this Christian club right? That's the perception that you're getting out of Wikipedia, okay? Next one is, um, this is from Webster. So if you look at a dictionary like Webster, they're not going to be like Wikipedia. They're not going to be apt to change definitions of things so quickly, and so there's going to be a lot more stability there, and this definition is going to go further back in time in terms of being rigid. So Wikipedia, I'm sorry, Webster says, a Christian ceremony in uh, in, in which a small amount of water is placed on a person's head or in which a person's body is briefly placed underwater. Okay, so Webster's really into just the action of that word baptism. What actually is it? And they say, you know, Webster's defining it as sometimes it's water being poured over someone, sometimes it's somebody being actually dunked underwater or immersed, okay? But this one's quite interesting. This is from about.com. Um, it's a Christian writer called Mary Fairchild. Uh, I know nothing about Mary. She may be a crazy person, um, but um, but this is what she wrote, and I thought it was quite uh, interesting. She says it's a rite of washing with water as a sign of religious purification and consecration. Look, I see some heads knob. Like like th- that kind of resonates a little bit, doesn't it? You kind of like that. At least I do. Something about that sounds kind of like you feel closer to Jesus just because you read it, right? You know what I'm talking about? But that's what we're dealing with in baptism. And so today I want to kind of help us maybe walk away having a little better understanding of what it means to be baptized. The last thing is this is uh, where the Greek word comes from. The Greek word, uh, I mean, baptizo is what we've changed into baptize, and baptisma is what we've changed into um, baptism. Um, and even this Greek word, you'll find people waffling all over the place. In general, there's agreement that baptism means some form of immersion. That's the word you'll often hear. It means a dunking of some sort. But that's not, that's not completely agreed upon. There are a number of people that say it's really more about a cleansing, um, and, and so the cleansing wouldn't necessarily have to mean that you were dunked. This is, we're getting into real legalistic things here. Am I okay, Jen, so far? Any big disagreements? Okay, thank you. Okay, so why do Christians get baptized? Now, I'm not going to open this up. We don't really have time to ask you guys, so I've kind of made up my list. it would be interesting to see if you agree. I'm not saying this is why Christians ought to get baptized. I would say this is why my experience says this is why Christians get baptized. So for me, as I told you, a big one is fear of going to hell. Um, I see this... I saw this a lot growing up. Um, In fact, the second one on my list is the assurance of going to heaven. But I find that saying that you want to get baptized so you go to heaven is actually a disguise for your real concern, which is fear of going to hell. In fact, most people, if you were to have them be honest with you, if you said, which are you more interested in, going to heaven or not going to hell, they would say, oh, I could do with or without heaven. I just really don't want to go to hell. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's an interesting topic to me. We should be more excited about heaven, should we not? Should we not? <laughs> Man, you guys are a tough crowd. can't get anything out of you. All right, third. Like that one definition from um, um, uh, Wikipedia, a lot of people just do it to be on the team. You know, it's like, hey, this church says you got to be baptized to be a member. Let's, let's get the dunking going so I can uh, use your basketball court, right? Right, okay. I like this one. Some people do it to be obedient. I love that one. I mean, that is falling into real servanthood. You maybe don't completely understand why you're doing it, but you know God wants it or you believe God wants it, so you're saying, maybe I don't understand everything in this world. But I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to do it. There's something about that that I really like because I can tell you with my own kids, um, with Ch- Chase and Savannah, maybe more Chase in this case. Now both of them probably. Sometimes I really appreciate it when they do something that I want them to do, even though I know they're not sold on the idea, because I know they're doing it just because they think that's what I want them to do. That's, there's something about that's really nice. Um, the next one is to be forgiven. I don't know how many of you fall into this category, but there are a lot of people in this world that are just carrying these massive burdens. I mean, and I'm saying burdens beyond, yeah, I feel a little guilty. These are burdens that are completely destroying them. Uh, They've got some sin in their past that they can't get beyond, Um, and there are certainly Scripture uh, that suggests that a key part of being in God's kingdom and being forgiven is this baptism. So for some people, it's a therapy of sorts to get them beyond that, to get them cleaned and purified so they can move on with their life. For some people, it's to make simply a public statement. They say, I'm a Christian. I want everybody to know I'm a Christian. So I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to let everybody watch me do it. Make a public statement. For some people, it's just to check the box. It's like like a bucket list item. I just said, got to do it at some point in my life, so I'm just going to do it. All right. Does that cover it? You guys kind of get, get the gist of where I'm at? Some of those are good. Some of those are not good. Some are more good than others, maybe. So the, the real question that we should ask ourselves, and I think we should be asking as a community, is why should we get baptized? But before we get into that, let's do some history. Um When I was looking up the history of baptism, if you take an NIV Bible, so NIV, if I don't know what else to do, I I use an NIV. And the reason I use the New International Version, um, there were a fair number of people involved in that translation, and it was a very literal translation. Um, Maybe that's not the right word. Jen could help me possibly. But they tried to get the words right. So they didn't worry so much about the artistic side of it um, and trying to create the flow and all that. They just tried to get the words really right. Um, And so when I'm trying to understand something, I like to start in the NIV and then work out from there. So if you take the NIV and you search for baptism, I think you're going to find in the area of 100 mentions in the New Testament, somewhere in that area. It's a bunch. Um, It could be less than that. I'm I'm a little off on that. But anyways, it's mentioned a lot in the New Testament. If you look in the Old Testament, you're not going to find a single mention of that word baptism. So there was not a, a translated word. In the Old Testament, that was the same thing. And so you kind of ask yourself, so how how did this happen? What, what about Jesus being born and us starting to write uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, get those written down into books? What about that made this thing, baptism, pop out of the woodwork? You know, what happened? Um, but the truth of it is, is that it's really rooted, as almost all things uh, related to the Bible are, it's rooted to um, our... Um, uh, our our history into the Old Testament, the the Jewish history. If you look at Leviticus, it's the third book of the Bible. Um, It's, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a book of law, a book of rituals, something like that kind of book. But in Leviticus 15, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 22, there's all kinds of mentions of bathing for purity. In fact, I'll read chapter 16. It says, this is how Aaron... Is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burn offering. He is to put on the sacred tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him. Okay, just all kinds of ritualistic stuff here. It says these sacred these sacred garments these are sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. So it's an example of where it was a sacred religious act to become clean. Okay. Um, next we've got. In the Old Testament, there were all kinds of sin offerings. And so you'll find in uh, in different uh, uh, areas that in order to be forgiven for sin, you needed to sacrifice something. Okay, And in order to sacrifice something, oftentimes there was some purity ceremony involved. And so you'll see we'll read in a little bit where John the Baptist uh, has a mention of forgiveness of sins in correlation with baptism and so people have asked like where did that come from when people feel like it's kind of rooted in this history in the old testament particularly in leviticus Um, next uh is the uh um second dippings in jordan um it's just another example of this whole cleansing thing so i mentioned that early on but it's this idea of uh being purified by getting in water okay is that kind of working for you Hopefully I'm not boring you, boring you stiff. You only got 20 more minutes of this. So hopefully you can deal with it. But now let's jump into the New Testament. OK, let's talk a little bit more about the New Testament relationships. So we'll jump right into John the Baptist. One thing that um, I find really interesting and I have found I found uh, preparing for this kind of interesting is that. So John the Baptist has a priestly lineage. OK, so he's priest like. And so you've got him coming onto the scene and telling people to come to him and do certain things. And they're kind of in contradiction to what people are going to the temple and doing. Okay, so there's there's this kind of friction thing going on here. So the priests at the temple are not going to be necessarily happy with this guy that's also taking this priest role and kind of giving a new direction to that. Um, So what I want to do is I'm going to jump over to John three. Um, And we're going to read the whole thing, Um, and I know that might sound terrible, um, but uh, it's not that long, and I think it's really worth hearing. So this is John the Baptist. This kind of gives just a good summary of him. Okay. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan. Here we go. Confessing their sins. So very much like getting back into the Old Testament where you had to do some sin confessionals. confessing their sins. Uh, They were baptized by him in the river Jordan. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already uh, already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. and, and just as reference, if someone's talking to you and talking about you and starts referring to you as a tree and and God as an axe and you being cut and thrown into a fire, that's not a major compliment. So um, he's being pretty straightforward with him there. So now here comes back to John. So John says, so I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire wow all kinds of cool pictures here in your mind right let's wrap it up here with what happens next then jesus came from galilee to the jordan to be baptized by john but john tried to deter him saying i need to be baptized by you and do you come to me and jesus replied Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. There's a little bit about baptism in there, is there not? So let me get back to my spot here. So we've got confessions of sin. I'm not going to go into it, but in Leviticus 5, uh, there's more about confession of sin in the Old Testament. We've got Jesus being baptized. Do any of you find that strange? Just to check the box. Yeah, I I think what yeah I think that it's a great example right I agree if I don't get anything else out of it I say I'm trying to model my life after Jesus that's a righteous a right and righteous thing to do um, and so if Jesus thought it was important for him to do it it's a pretty good argument that it's important for me to do it. Um, I, I agree with John the Baptist a little bit because he was confused. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This should be the other way around. Like, what's going on here? And Jesus is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. this is the way it needs to be done. This is very important. So Jesus raised it as a high-priority item um, to be baptized himself. Um, and so I think it's a great argument for why it's important. Um, the other thing that kind of makes it, quite important, is uh, really paying attention to what happened after Jesus' baptism, right? Heaven's opened up. There's God speaking from heaven. By the way, if you ever wonder whether heaven's up or down, that's a good verse to use for that, because that implies heaven's up, just in case you wonder. Um, and so, uh, yeah, God speaking from heaven, another good historical um, uh, reference we can have for the importance of baptism, okay? But now here's a weird one. So John says, I baptize with water, and that's, if we have a baptism service here, we baptize with water, but she says, he says, Jesus uses the Holy Spirit. What do we do with that? It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. Does that mean we shouldn't be baptizing with water? Any thoughts on that? I would argue that if you run into someone who is a, a God follower, they're a genuine person, and they don't feel baptism is important, and they're using this verse to do that, I'd cut them a little slack. Because it is confusing. Okay? I think one aspect of this is that Jesus and John both want to make it clear that it's not about the water. Okay? It's about your spirit. It's about what's going on on the inside. The water is an outward example of what needs to be happening on the inside. So... If you're ever trying to, uh, you know, like I say, have that discussion with some, somebody about this, I'd cut them a little slack because I find it confusing myself. Yeah, there's, and that's what I was trying to say at the beginning. You've got many, many different traditions around baptism and different ways that people do it. So, And we oftentimes use those as ways to fight and divide, and uh, which I would discourage. So. Um, all right, so why should we get baptized, okay? I think this is uh, kind of the wrap-up of this thing over the next few minutes is I want to make an argument for, for why someone could say it's a good idea. And if it's something that you've never done... Um, You know, I think it's there's enough about it in the Bible that you really ought to look into it and at least think about it um, and uh, see if maybe there's something you're missing there and not missing like a legalistic thing. I would really discourage that missing as a beautiful opportunity for you to do something um, that uh, honors and uh, um, shows respect for God. So so why should we get baptized? So I've got a whole bunch of verses here. I'm not going to drag you through all of them. Um, In fact, I'm not going to drag you through any of them. If you want to write these down uh, and go off and check them on your own, please do that. Um, So, first of all, um, we've got this these last words of Jesus just before he ascends and goes into heaven. So he's already he's died, he's been resurrected. This is the the end of Matthew Matthew 28. Um, It's we've called it the Great Commission. You'll see your Bible be headlined that way. And Jesus' words say, "Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so you will oftentimes see during a baptism ceremony, someone will say, I baptize you. I, oftentimes I see people, that they, they it's a three-step process. They'll say, I baptize you in the, in the name of the Father, dunk, Son, raise up, and the Holy Spirit. you kind of see that kind of motion, which I think is really, really, really cool. Um, and that's based directly out of this. So it was the words of Jesus himself, Um For me, when I look at the first four books of the Bible, the Gospels, where you see Jesus' actual actions, I I feel like I have to pay special, special attention to actual actions and actual words that Jesus said. Um, As a Christian, Christian, um, I believe Jesus was God's son, and so I need to pay special attention. And so that's why I think this is a a phrase we should pay close attention to. Next, it's consistently used by the, the disciples as a step to being saved and getting into God's kingdom. Uh, you can go look in Acts 2.38 for an example of that. Um, but it's a very consistent thing that was being done 2,000 years ago. Um, so, again, seems like not a bad idea. Third, it symbolizes death of the old and birth of the new. And so it's allowing us, and it's one of the most beautiful aspects, is that while we... Most of us, at least, are not going to get hung on a cross and uh, die and be resurrected in this world um, the way Jesus had ha- happened. I don't know of anyone that that's happened to other than him. Um, it gives us a chance to go along with him on that journey and make a symbolic uh, action in the same way. And so we get to go into the water as a symbol that we are cleaning up our past. We're dying to our old self. We get to come out of the water as a birth, as a clean uh, a new um creature god's creature uh in order to live that life for christ you can see something about that in romans uh, i see it as an important step of commitment to christ uh you'll find loosely something about that in, in galatians um but for me it's a uh, it, it's just a nice way as i said in the previous slide a nice way of making that uh that statement to the world around you that That you believe in this, and this is important. It's tangible proof that you're ready to change. One thing we miss in this electronics world that we deal with with these days is is things that are tangible. You know, so I think artsy fartsy people, and some of you guys fall in that category. You guys are tangible people. Means you, you literally you can touch it. It's it's a table. It's not a picture of a table. It's a table that you can grab. And so things in this life, like a hug versus, um, like, I think in my, my head I, I like that person, versus walking up and shaking their hand or, or giving a hug. You know, I feel like we miss out in this world on tangible things. And this is a very tangible thing. It's a very memorable thing. You know, you most of the time when you get baptized, you won't forget it. You will remember that forever. Okay. In Colossians 2, it talks about truly becoming alive. Um, And uh, my experience has been most people that doesn't happen the day of the baptism, that coming alive is a process that starts um, the day you commit your life to Christ. And sometimes that coincides with the same day you get baptized. I'll have Gian answer that. So. Judy, it's interesting you said that because <laughs> Um, and th- I didn't want to answer it without hearing someone else's input, but I thought exactly the same thing while I was preparing this. As I kept digging through it, um, it struck me in some ways of of having a little bit of marriage to Christ kind of vibe to it, kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I see it a little bit that way myself. Okay. And, well, yo, Are you getting ready to like burst my bubble or something? You mean the, the physical cleansing of them? Really? Well, that's interesting. when you say accepting the sacrifice, explain to me what you mean by accepting the sacrifice, if you don't mind. That sacrifice. Gotcha. Gotcha. um, Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So, Let's let's wrap this up now. We've got three minutes. Um, And this is really, really important because this this is where we can cause a lot of division. So what if I don't want to get baptized? Okay. So you remember my story as a little kid, relatively little, 11 years old. You know, I'm fearing that I'm going to burn in hell or not get to go to heaven, however you want to look at it. And. You'll find all kinds of thoughts and things uh, that Christians will share with you about what if you don't get baptized? Like, what does that mean? Can I even be a Christian if I'm not baptized? These kinds of questions. And I would really, really challenge you. Now, this is me talking, so you can feel free to disagree. I would challenge you that it all is in the attitude behind the question because... The more important point is how am I going to be the best servant for God? And I would recommend that you take some of the stuff I've talked today and look through it. And if you're, if your goal and you can come to agreement as a Christian that you should serve God well, you need to look at this information if you've not been baptized and say, do I think that I'm going to honor God the best I can? And I would recommend to not get anywhere near so hung up and all the legalities of, hey, I accepted Christ and I became a Christian on March 3rd, but it was too cold outside that day and I didn't have a bathtub to do it in and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going to bap- get baptized at a later date. And what does that mean? Was I a Christian on that date or am I not? I would really recommend getting away from that thinking and get more into the line of serving God and being, being as servant-minded as you can be. Um, and that will guide us down different paths for sure. Um, there are going to be some of you that are going to believe one thing very strongly. There are going be some of you believe something else very strongly. There are some of you that's going to believe it's very important. Uh, it's not important to be immersed. There's other of you that say if one finger is still sticking out of the water when I go under, I'm not saved. You know, those types of things can happen. Um, and so what if I don't? I would certainly avoid getting away from fear and legalism and really focus on how do I serve Christ best And if serving Christ best for you means to get baptized, then you need to get on with it. So hold on just a minute.
2: I want to marry you but I don't want to have a ceremony.
0: Really makes you wonder what their commitment it's, like. a a the a it's a great example. It's
2: yep. a great example. Yeah. So, Judy, where you
0: signify that and do you have to I will so, get to you in just a second. If you've got kiddos, head upstairs and get them please. Um, we appreciate that. Here's something you need to know if do what, Then we're going to go to Stephen. All right. So noon, 12 o'clock, July 20th. That is a Sunday coming up in a month, a little over a month. White River at Millrace Park, CCC, um, has asked us to join them for their baptism, their annual summer river baptism service. So certainly if anyone here um, or someone you know is wanting to make this commitment and wants to do that as a part of our community, um, we're thinking that that we will join them if anybody wants to do that. So um, you can have that in the back of your mind, a little nudge there if you're kind of waffling about it. If you don't want to do it in the river, we can make other things. But man, river baptisms are the coolest thing, so I recommend you consider that. So, with that said, parents, like I said, go get your kiddos, and then we're going to hear Judy and and Steve if he wants to say something. So. <laughs>